The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, I want you to know this. If there's ever a time that I stop using or I don't find a product to be as helpful to me as it has been in the past, they will no longer be a show sponsor. I just wanted to state that clearly for the record. If, however, you hear me talking about something that I use all the time on the regular, you can rest assured it is something I believe in. It's something that has become a part of my regular routine and a part of my regular life. And one of those products is Soul CBD. Maybe you've considered using CBD to help you to become more relaxed, to deal with anxiety, or to deal with aches and pains. I personally find that CBD combined with a few other really important all-natural ingredients for sleep have changed my bedtime routine. But I do want to mention that there are other ways you can use CBD because it is a natural product to help eliminate inflammation, to help with anxiety, with depression, sleep issues, back pain, joint pain, lots of other solutions. I just don't happen to have back pain or joint pain, knock on wood, but I can't go to bed at night without taking my sleepy gummies. However, you should keep in mind that you get 15% off everything that GetSoul.com makes when it comes to their CBD products, which are 100% organic. They are made here in the USA. They have zero THC, so you don't have to worry about getting high. And not only is that a claim that they make, they third-party lab test all of their products so you can rest assured that what you're getting is actually what's on the label. Unfortunately, they are not yet able to ship to Canada, but if you're in the United States and you'd like to get 15% off all of the CBD products that they make, including CBD products for your pets, go to Get Soul. This is a new link. All right, so if you've ordered in the past, please make note of this new link. It is getsoul.com forward slash Shaleen. That gives you 15% off. And that 15% is taken at checkout. A lot of you have said, I've added it to the cart and I don't see the discounts. It is when you go to checkout that you will see the 15% is automatically taken off the total. Again, that's getsoul.com forward slash Shaleen for 15% off. Okay, so last week, Friday, I sent out an email. And in the email, I told the story about how we had been, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, taken advantage of by this realtor. And I don't even know if that was taken advantage of or screwed, like whatever term you want to use for it. It's like when somebody does business in a way that you would never, right? And 1000%, if we had known in advance, how this was going to go down, we would not have worked with this person. So I I told the story in my newsletter. Now, okay, first let me circle backwards to the newsletter. So if you're not on my newsletter, or maybe you have been in the past, but now you just don't open it anymore. Like a month ago, I sent a poll to people who do open the email and said, listen, I get it. I hate opening emails. I don't open emails, but there are a few 
people who I subscribe to and I literally look forward to getting their email and I know why it is I like their emails and I want to be one of those emails. And so I just ask the people who do open it like, okay, what is it that makes you open it? What could we do better? What do you want us to get rid of? All the things. And so people said, I want to know something that I didn't get on the podcast or like maybe I didn't see it in in your social. I want like a tip or I want like maybe like an Amazon find or something that you're obsessed with that I can't find it someplace else or maybe I missed it someplace else. But like right then and there, there's the link. There's why I love it. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a documentary. Maybe it's like a dress I found on Amazon, whatever. Also, I want a quick little summary of your podcast of that week in case I haven't listened to them. I can quickly read the summary and go, yeah, I don't need to listen to that one. Yeah, that one sounds good. And then there's a link. And basically, you just said you want the newsletter to be like, it should make your life better. I'm like, all right, fine, but kind of in a different way than the podcast. So we started doing that. And also people said, I also kind of want to know what's going on in your life, which, hello, I know you know that if you listen to the podcast, but some people just subscribe to the newsletter. Or maybe they haven't had time to listen to the podcast, so they read the newsletter. Okay. So anyways, we started doing that and like people are freaking loving it. So I told the story last week in the newsletter about how, in my opinion, this guy screwed us. And I obviously shared a lot more like specifics on the Patreon because that's a more appropriate place for it. And I thought it was pretty generic in my descriptions in the newsletter, but the person who recommended this realtor to us, read the newsletter, and I had not told her what had happened. And I know you're probably thinking like, why would you not have told her? Well, because he thinks very highly of her, so he says, and she obviously thought very highly of him, or she wouldn't have recommended him to us, right? And I thought, well, if it comes up at some point, I'll share it with her. But I don't know why. I mean, I guess I do feel a little bit bad that I didn't tell her. I know why. I know why. I just remembered why. I remember why I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her because I was afraid she would have the reaction that she did have, which is she felt really guilty. She felt really bad. She's like, I am horrified. I'm mortified that someone who I asked to take good care of you did this. Like, I'm mortified and I'll never use them again. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to end. If it's a good relationship for you, then so be it, right? Like, think about it. There are people who you really take care of if you're in business. And then there are people who you're like, they're just another customer. You know what I mean? And I think we were just another customer to him. Not even that. I think he might have saw us as like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he saw us as being someone he could do business with in the future. Because if he was thinking of us in that regard, it would have gone down a lot differently than what I described in the newsletter. Okay, so anyways... That was kind of surprising that she read the newsletter, but it's kind of also good news because I'm like, oh, okay, people are actually reading the newsletter. Bad news, it made her feel really guilty. She was just mortified. I'm like, girl, it has nothing to do with you. Please, you shouldn't feel guilty at all. It's his behavior. And I don't know if she said or is going to say anything to him, but this realtor continues to try to give me little bids. Do you know what a bid is? A bid is, it's not a term I made up. It's a term I got from a book and I can't remember which book, but it's kind of when someone kind of like lofts a little comment your way, almost to take your temperature, almost to like see if you'll bite, to see like, hey, are we good? That kind of thing. So if you've ever been in a fight with your significant other and they haven't apologized, you haven't apologized, and then you send like a, hope you're having a good day, that's a bid. You know what I mean? It's like, let me just see how they feel about me. So he's been sending me little bids like, 
a picture of him and his wife. And hey, I might be down in the area next week. You want to get together? No, actually, I don't. (laughs) Dude, you already sealed the deal. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the whole plastic surgery doctor situation that has me hypersensitive to being either taken advantage of or missing red flags. But in that particular scenario, there were zero red flags. None. Zero. Absolutely none that came out of left field. So when that happens, then I'm just really annoyed. I'm annoyed that people operate that way because it kind of disrupts, especially if you're a person who would never screw other people, who's always fair, who's always honest, who would never take advantage. I just have such a hard time wrapping my head around people who will knowingly and intentionally, and they have the option, but they choose to screw somebody over and take advantage of them. Like that's greed. It's dishonesty. It's a scarcity mindset. You don't take advantage of people if you know more blessings are coming your way. You know, it's kind of my beef with some of these people that teach the money mindset. I see a lot of them on Instagram who are like telling you how to demand your top rate and charge your clients more and know your worth, etc. Also simmer down a little bit. Also just be fair. Also think about the fact that there's somebody else out there who's probably just as good as you and willing to do the work. And I'm not saying undersell yourself, but just be freaking fair, right? Okay, so first I want to give you some tips on like if you're going to look for an Airbnb or short-term rental, because I know a lot of you are like in the season that Brett and I are in, or maybe you're looking forward to that season, or maybe just this summer you're thinking to yourself, hey, maybe we should Airbnb our house and go live in another state for the month. Like, why not do that? If you can work remotely, why not? Where you don't have to move permanently, but you could go spend, I don't know, a couple of months or maybe even a month this summer with your kids someplace else. Like, think about it. What a cool adventure. What a cool way to experience life in another city, life in another state, life on the water. Like, who knows? There's lots of ways that you can start living your life before the kids are gone We just put off so much of the stuff, you guys, but life is too short and you got to figure out a way. So get your spouse or your significant other on board or if you're single, even friggin' better. You can Airbnb your place and hang out someplace else. Okay, and I'm going to share with you some tips so that you don't get screwed if you do decide to do this. But before I do that, I also want to tell you about this other really cool feature or thing that we discovered. It's kind of like... Airbnb, but for cars. And it's much less expensive than renting from like Enterprise or budget rent a car or whatever. It's called Turo, T-U-R-O. I don't have a code for it or anything. It's an app. You can also go to their desktop, Turo. So it's just exactly like Airbnb. You could do this with your own car. In fact, I was thinking about doing it with one of my cars because I wasn't driving it. Don't let me forget to tell you about shipping a car. Okay, so Turo, really, really cool. I like this idea also if you're thinking about buying a type of car, but you're just not sure, like, will I like it as much as I think I would? You could probably rent it from Turo. So what you're doing is you're renting from an individual owner. We are out here in Miami and my car is getting shipped out here. And it takes like 10 days for it to be shipped. But in the meantime, we're like, we kind of need a car because we did the math and we're going to spend a fortune on Ubers. So let's get a car. I've been seriously eyeing the Tesla Model X, which is their like, it's the fastest SUV. Is it considered an SUV? I'm not sure if it is. It's the fastest car on the planet. 
Elon Musk is like he's a freak. He's from another planet for sure. It's kind of interesting. But anyways, he designed this car. It looks just like, not exactly, but it looks a lot like the regular Teslas, but the Model X is so freaking fast. And you know, my husband doesn't care about the speed of a car. He just, it's cup holders. That's his only concern. But for me, I've been dying to try this car also because my Jeep, so we have a G-Wagon, I call it the Jeep. My Jeep is so freaking loud. It is like you are driving in a 1967 Chevy that the windows don't go up all the way. I've even taken it back to the dealership a couple of times. I'm like, is there something wrong? Like, why is this so loud? It's horrible. Like, I can't even record a podcast. You're like, oh, Shaleen, oh my God, cry me a freaking river. Are you really right now complaining that your G-Wagon is too loud to record a podcast in it? <sighs> I know. Anyways, so I've been wanting to try this Tesla and it's sick. And we were able to rent it through Turo, you know, this guy who's a private owner, for the same price as basically the minivan at the Enterprise or like a regular SUV. Insane. I mean, you could rent. And they're not all new, right? When you go through Enterprise Rent-A-Car or wherever, they're all new models, but sometimes they smell like smoke and they're always like like the base model. You know what I mean? But when you use Turo, you're not renting necessarily. You can rent a brand new car, but it's just people who are leasing out their cars short term, maybe for a day, for a week, whatever. Maybe you have an extra car and it's a way to make extra money. The guy I rented from said he does it so that his car is a write-off. I'll have to look into that. But anyways, you could rent like a 2018 BMW or maybe a vintage car, or you could rent a brand new Tesla, or you could rent a, I don't know, a 2004 Volkswagen Bug. Like the sky's the limit, which is kind of cool. And I think that's pretty fun especially if you're on vacation. And I think from at least from what I can tell, it's much more affordable than doing a traditional car rental. So far, I've had a really great experience. But to be fair, this is the first time I've done it. And we didn't get screwed and we didn't get taken advantage of. Now, I know a lot of you have kids that are going away to college. I did an episode, gosh, oh my gosh, it's been several years now, when Brock went away to college and how I coped with it. That was like, I think your first going away to college is the hardest. You're kind of ripping away the band-aid. And I'm not sure if it was harder with Brock because he went so, so, so far away and Sierra was only an hour away or if it was easier with Sierra because she was my second or if it was because we knew we were going to see her a lot or she's a girl. I don't know. But I'm going to link to that show because if some of you are are facing that season, it's a season, let me tell you. It's a little bit sad. But I've got really great advice in that episode. I will link it and I'll share that episode right at the top of the show notes. So check that out if you're entering the season where you're going to be sending a kid off to school and you're already dreading it, or maybe you're even a year or two away. The best time to listen to it would be like when you're at least a year or two away because you can start preparing yourself for it. I think the stories are so horrific that we've made it sound more horrible than it really is and you're going to survive it and there's some things you can do that are going to make it a million times easier for your kid and there's some things you could do that make it so much worse and you don't want to do that you don't be that parent that's horrible all right so please listen to that episode anyways the reason why i brought that up is because some of you your kids will be able to like have a car wherever they are but maybe you don't want them driving it across the country so for whatever reason you've ever had to ship a car i have some advice for you on that too, because we were almost seriously taken advantage of. And so when it comes to being taken advantage or someone screws us, right? Especially when it's like a business, when it's a friend 
or someone who we knew or, or maybe a business partner, that sucks because then you're like, man, how did I misjudge this person? And then you start to question all of your relationships and the way that you trust people and your guard goes up and it can really bum you out for a little while, but it's just going to happen. And we can't take it that personal because sometimes when we think someone's screwing us, they don't. And then sometimes people are screwing us and they absolutely know that they're doing it. Sometimes people are screwing us and they are justifying it in their head. Well, they've got the money or well, they can afford it or well, they, whatever, it's their fault they didn't do their research or I'm doing more work. There's tons of reasons why people will justify being unfair or inequitable or unreasonable. And that's one thing. It's quite another when you get screwed by somebody or a business, right? Then you're angry with yourself for not having done your research because you didn't have the knowledge or the experience to know better. So I'm going to give you the tips for Airbnbs, VRBOs, short-term rentals at the end. But right now I want to tell you about for anyone who's going to ship a car because I've done my research. So let me be the one to educate you. Okay. So when you're shipping a car, Number one, they can ship it either open carrier. You've seen that, like it's on a big semi and all the cars are exposed. Or they can ship it closed carrier. The difference is usually like $500. So why would you spend the $500 and have it in an enclosed carrier? If it was a vehicle that you just could not risk it getting any, like a vintage car, you know, where you're like, I can't afford to replace the paint, if it were to be damaged for any reason, or if the windshield were to get chipped, like a replacement windshield, it's going to cost a fortune. So there's plenty of reasons why you might want to ship a car enclosed. But for the majority of us, you're probably going to ship an open carrier. And what most of these companies do is when you call them, you think that you're calling like one carrier, but you're really calling a broker. And then the broker calls a bunch of different people who drive the cars across on a flatbed or not a flatbed, whatever you call it. You know what I mean? Like the big semis, they have all the cars on them. All right. So they're going to call a bunch of different companies, smaller companies that do that. Those guys, not all, but that's where you have to be really careful that you don't get screwed because the broker gets his commission. He's like, Hey, Joe, I got a pickup for you in California and you're going to drive it to Florida. Will you do it for 1500? Joe's like, sure. And so then the broker calls back and says, uh, okay, it's 2500 And you don't know that the broker just got like a 1000 And you also don't know. And they're like, oh, don't worry. You don't have to pay for it until the vehicle shows up. Well, I read so many horror stories by carefully reviewing Yelp and YouTube videos and watching a few webinars because <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to get screwed again. That many times the racket is the driver shows up with your car and he's like, oh, it's 3500 And you're like, wait. I was quoted 2500 And the driver's like, well, they didn't include all of the gas fees and this charge for this fee and this state fee and this charge for that. And plus we have an additional blah, blah, blah. And so it's 3500 ma'am. If you want your vehicle, it's 3500 And then you end up paying that person $3,500 because it's like they're holding your car ransom. And that's a pretty common scam. So my recommendation there is don't work with a company that wants your money upon delivery. Work with a company that they put everything in writing, that they guarantee that all fees, all extra charges, nothing extra above and beyond what their promised quote is, and that you pay for it upon pickup, not upon delivery. And also that they are insured. You want to make sure that they screen their carriers because there are very few 
people who do this directly. Most people work with a broker. So if you are going to work with a broker, the one that we ended up using is called Mr. Shipper. Mr. Shipper. I'll put it in the show notes too. And it was a great experience. They were in alignment. They weren't the cheapest and they were, weren't were by far, uh, not even close to being the most expensive. Like one of the companies I called from California to Florida wanted $7,000. What? What? Excuse me. Another one wanted 6000 Another one wanted 2500 They came in at, I think, sixteen or 1700 Not bad. Not bad. I know that sounds like a lot. What we did is we crunched the numbers, like what would it cost to rent a car? What would it cost to Uber? What would it cost to just ship the car here? And then on top of that, to put items in my car when we ship it back to California. Or maybe we'll keep it here. I don't know. We might end up staying here in Florida indefinitely. I don't know. I love it here though. I really... Truly can't even tell you how surprised I am, how much I freaking love it. All right. So as you know, I am almost fully lasered. Highly recommend it. However, if you are fair haired or apparently for almost everyone, once you do laser hair removal, you're still going to get some strays here and there. So anyways, I'm at Target the other day and I see this gorgeous razor. It's lavender. I love the design. I love the packaging. And I'm just going to be honest and tell you, I bought it just because I thought that is so pretty. I want it on my counter. I had no idea that I was stumbling upon like the best razor I have ever freaking used. And here's why. So this razor blade, first of all, I didn't even realize I had like thousands of five-star reviews. That's huge. I was just like, this is beautiful. And also it was under 10 bucks. And it gives you two different blades. You can get it at Target. But anyways, here's what I want to tell you about it. So I used it thinking like, oh, it's pretty. Will it be a good razor? I didn't know. The way the blade is designed is it's surrounded by shea butter and hyaluronic acid that becomes activated when it comes in contact with water. Is with Athena Club, you never have to think about like when or where you're going to buy your blade refills because you get to choose how often you want replacement blades shipped to you for free. So that way you'll never be stuck with unused blades, have a dull razor when you need it. It's amazing. One more thing. I have never been the type of person to use like a shaving cream. It's like, who's got the time? But I bought their shaving cream. And I have to tell you, what a huge difference. My legs have never been so hydrated or smooth. And I don't know if it's an aging thing, but like until I started using this, my skin just always felt like an alligator after I finished shaving. So anyways, highly recommend you grabbing the Shave Foam too. And the good news is I fell in love with them. I asked them to be show sponsors. They agreed. So not only do you get this shave kit for less than $10, like if you're at Target or whatever, but if you order it from this link, you're going to get 25% off your first order when you go to athenasclub.com and use code Shaleen. Okay. Again, you can, of course, you can pick it up at Target, but I'm telling you, if you want to save money, please go to athenaclub.com and use code Shaleen. That gives you 25% off. That link gives you 25% off your first order. And of course, as always, that link is in our show notes. I don't know. We might end up staying here in Florida indefinitely. I don't know. I love it here though. I really, truly can't even tell you how surprised I am, how much I freaking love it. A lot of it has to do with this house that we're in. 
the energy in it. I told Brett, I, was, I said, I can't think of a time when I've been in a house that had a more uplifting energy for me. And I don't know what that is, but this house gives me such an uplifting energy. And it's not just the water. Obviously, we live on top of the ocean in California. And I'm not saying that to flex. I know that sounds like a flex. I'm just saying in case you're thinking, oh yeah, but that's because you live near the water because everybody knows water does do something to your energy. But both of these homes are on the water. So it's not that. And I just want to say this because sometimes you've probably moved to a new area and you think that you're in a new state maybe that is messing with your mojo. It might be the house. It might be the energy of the house. There's something about the energy in this house that is next freaking level for me. And the host, if you will, who we're leasing it from, short-term renting it from, has been so wonderful and so responsive. I really do appreciate him. I feel like I text him almost like every day because this is a house that he had just finished refurbishing, but had never lived in it. And if you've never lived in a house... You don't know like some of the little things it needs, like, oh, it really needs, I don't know, simple things like we need a a broom and a dustpan. We need a towel rack over here. We need additional extension cord, like just little things that I'm happy to just buy. Normally when you're staying at like an Airbnb for the weekend, you just suck it up. You're like, oh, well, but we're going to be here for two months. So there's certain things where we just had this agreement when we signed the lease with them. He was like, if there's anything, because I haven't lived in it, that it needs, if it, if it truly needs it, just let me know and I'll take care of it. And if it's something like you just want because hashtag comfort or whatever, it's personal preference, we can discuss that. So most things I've just been purchasing because I would be buying them for myself at home. Do you know what I mean? Like a 10X mirror, for example. Or a comfortable blanket. Because again, Brett was like, Shalene, we are not shipping these things. We can just buy them. Okay, sir. You gave me permission. And so now I'm on a first name basis with the Amazon delivery man. I'm like, hey, Joe, what's going on? Anyway, so I also, because I'm texting with the owner all the time, I said to him, Manny, I would like to buy your house. (laughs) And Brett goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I love this house. I want to know if it's for sale. He said, Shalene, you don't show all your cards. And I know that. Listen, I know enough about negotiating that you're not supposed to show all of your cards, but I also do want to know if this house would be for sale. And at the moment, it's not. It was like a passion project for him, remodeling it, and he's not had the chance to enjoy it yet. So I get it. My point is this. I really, really love Miami a million times more than I suspected I would. Speaking of which, if you're in the Miami area, I know I've been saying this like for weeks now, oh, we're going to do a meetup. We're going to do a meetup in April. Well, it didn't work out in April or it's not going to work out in April. So we're going to do it on the weekend of May 5th. So I think that would be a Saturday, May 6th is probably when we'll do it. That would be my guess. And either Friday or Saturday, the 5th or the 6th. So I've, I've got to look at places. If any of you are like, I'm in the Miami area, Shalene, I'm an event planner. I can help you pull this thing together. I want to be super informal where we can like all just get together someplace, pod squatters and, and people who are on Patreon. And we can all just like get together somewhere and super chill, hang out. It kind of depends on how many people are, are going to show up for this. So two things. Number one, if you are available that weekend and nearby or you want to come to Miami for a fun girls weekend or guys weekend, whatever, the guys are welcome too. I know you're listening. Then please send me a message. Listen to the instructions. Hashtag Miami. That's it. Don't say, I want to come to Miami and see you. No, just 
one word with a hashtag in front of it, hashtag Miami, and you text it to number this number, 949-503-9873, okay? That puts you in like an automatic group so I can count how many people are like interested in attending and then I also can send you text message updates there. If, however, you're that person who you're like, I know Miami like the back of my hand, I can help you figure out a great place to do this and help you coordinate it. I would love somebody to help me with that. And if that's you, please send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And again, that email is just for somebody who really knows the Miami area. Maybe you're an event planner. You've got those kind of connections and you're like willing to pretty much handle that for us. Would very much appreciate it. Okay, so back to feeling like you've been screwed because there is nothing worse than that feeling. It's a sinking feeling when you've trusted somebody, but then you get hit with the bill or the final estimate or whatever it is, and you just, your stomach drops because a couple things go through my mind anyways. I don't know if this is true for you, but I think to myself, oh man, this is my fault. I should have been more sensitive. I should have known better. I should now argue with them. I should fight for the amount that I think is appropriate. Like, so for example, like getting our master bathroom remodeled, it took four months longer than what it was supposed to. It turned out amazing. Love, love, loved it. But at the end, they tacked on like 25,000 extra dollars that we were just like, it's finished now. Like, where did this come from? And, you know, you, so you feel a little bit like you got screwed, but yet what can you do about it? Like, okay, return a quarter of the bathroom. Do you know what I mean? It's this real estate agent that helped us to find the two-month rental. He didn't help us to find it. He helped write the contract. I found the place. I won't go over it because I already, like, rehashed the whole thing on Patreon. But long story short is then, surprise, he hit us with his fee, which was $13,500. And at that point, I was like, I am so sick of people taking advantage because they think it doesn't matter or something. And so we went back and forth. Anyways, there is a lesson to be learned for me in all of this. And and I hope that's helpful to some of you too. So I, I think about the last probably, I don't know, let's see, one, like five incidents are coming to mind. One is with a business consultant One is with our remodel at the beach, the situation with this realtor, real estate engagement. Another one was when I had one of my dresses for the wedding altered and I went to go pick it up. It was over $600 for the alterations. I don't know, maybe that's normal to shorten a dress and add a ruffle. It sure didn't seem normal to me. The insane amount of money that one of the wedding coordinators charged us it's just, I don't even want to add up the amount of money. No one else would have paid these things. They would have just said, sue me. You know what I mean? So there's this part of me, I'm just, thank you for being here because I'm just sorting this out mentally for myself right now. There's this part of me that when I start doing business with someone, like whether it's getting a dress hemmed or a consultant or again, this realtor, if I really like the person, I really trust them, I'm like, they're going to be fair. Even if they're on the high end, they're going to be fair. But then when you get screwed, literally, and I think to myself, my first thought is, and I don't know if I'm wrong, but my first thought is they're doing this because they believe it won't impact us. Or maybe we make enough money that we're not even going to care or realize that this is, 
I don't know, 200% higher than it should be. That's my first thought because I feel like this didn't used to happen when we were in a different financial situation, but it's also very possible. I'm just taking personal responsibility. It's also very possible that I was more likely to say I need an estimate in writing and what exactly is this going to cost, right? Like I remember going to get my hair dyed the first time in California because I'd always done it myself. Went to CVS or Savon or wherever and bought the Clairol Blonde and did my own roots forever. My brassy blonde hair forever. And the first time I went to a salon to get my hair done, I remember saying, how much is it going to cost for a partial weave? And thinking to myself, okay, I can't afford that. And then going to another person until I found someone who, before they did my hair, I knew what it was going to cost me. And then I knew if I could afford it. And then you get to this point, and maybe this is true on a different scale or whatever, but you get to this point where you're like, oh, I know roughly what it's going to cost. It wouldn't cost more than this. So I'm not even going to ask. And there's also this part of me that's like, I don't want them to think that I can't afford it or that like I'm a penny pincher or that I'm going to offend them by asking what something should cost. But that's stupid. I have got to change that. And Brett and I both have to stop just like, thinking like, oh, we've got this relationship with this person, or we really like this person, or I've just met this person over the phone who represents XYZ company, and they seem really trustworthy and honest. And so I'm just going to accept it at their word and not ask for something in writing. Sure, it might be a little bit more, but it won't be that crazy. No, it's going to be crazy. And so I'm just realizing I've got to take personal responsibility because I don't like this feeling. I don't like the feeling. It feels like just burning money in a fireplace. I would do anything to have all that money back when I think about all those recent incidences and to give it away to a charity, to give it to someone who needs it, not someone who's a greedy MF who just took advantage, in my opinion. Like, that makes me mad. And a little bit of that anger is obviously directed at myself because I have been too trusting or maybe it's not even trust. Maybe it's like being liked. My whole life, I've always wanted to be the easiest person in the world to work with. And I'm going to ask my therapist why that's important to me, but it is. And I don't know why. I I even want my therapist to think that I'm his best client, the easiest client he's ever had to work with. Like I always want to be the opposite of a Karen, which by the way, I hate using that term. So please forgive me for saying that because that's somebody's name. And now we've assigned this negative connotation to a name that sucks. Okay, so I don't ever want to be the like, impossible to work with, constantly complaining, has to be their way. Don't look her in the eyes. She only can have white M&Ms. You know what I mean? I always want to be the easiest person in the world to work with for anyone, whether it's my housekeeper or someone doing a remodel or someone doing alterations or coloring my hair or doing my nails. I just want to be their favorite. Why? It is because of that people pleaser, I want to be your favorite that I put myself in these situations where I end up getting screwed because I haven't said, wait a minute, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. Now, a few times I have. Okay, I know you've seen this ad on TV. It is so memorable. It's a woman basically who's telling you how to use a deodorant stick in your nether regions, if you know what I mean. And when you watch this ad, you won't forget it because you feel like you're watching like an Instagram or a TikTok. I love organic ads, by the way basically user-generated content, it was enough to inspire me to check out Lumi. Now, Lumi is a company that makes a whole body deodorant. It just makes sense. Like, I don't sweat under my arms. I don't know if you do. My thing is, 
I wanted a deodorant that was safe. And Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered by doing clinical testing that it's not the vagina, it's not necessarily your underarms that make people smell. It's an imbalance in your pH levels. So she created this very uniquely formulated pH balanced deodorant that's aluminum free. It's safe to use on your skin and it's clinically proven to help you control odor. Are you ready for this? For up to 72 hours. And I can tell you from personal experience that 72 hours claim is legit. Personally, I would recommend you check out the starter pack and they've got a great deal for listeners of The Shaleen Show. You get $5 off the starter pack, which is already 40% off when you use code Shaleen and you go to lumideodorant.com. Here's what you get in the starter pack. It gives you their best-selling products, including the cream, including a, a deodorant stick, which I love, by the way, in the most sensitive parts of your body, in those areas, right? So you can use it just about anywhere to help fight odor. And let's face it, if you live in your yoga tights all day, if you marinate in them, this is just a good idea. And remember, as a new customer to Lumi, you get $5 off your starter pack when you use code Chalene and go to lumideodorant.com. I can't wait to hear what you think about this stuff. I think you're going to love it. Again, it's lumideodorant.com and don't forget to use code Chalene. It is because of that people pleaser, I want to be your favorite, that I put myself in these situations where I end up getting screwed because I haven't said, wait a minute, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. Now, a few times I have. So I had an incident happen with my attorneys recently and I was like, this is not right. This is not right. And my normal instinct is I want to be their favorite client. I want to be the easiest person they've ever worked with. I want to make their job so much easier. Just roll over. But I am trying to learn not to do that when I know something is wrong. And so imagine getting on the phone and having this debate with two people who debate and argue for a living. And I have to say, I held my own and it worked out in my favor. And I think I was able to bring them around to my way of thinking, but it was very uncomfortable and, and I'm, I'm not great at it. I felt like I probably was a little bit more confrontational than I needed to be. And maybe it's because I have all of this kind of like pent up emotion or energy from the times when I have acquiesced and I probably should not have. And it's not that I'm like a super obedient, compliant person. When I know something's wrong, obviously you know this about me, I'm going to stand up and say something. But when I know something's wrong, I'm partly to blame for not doing more research or having said something earlier or asked the kinds of questions that I needed to ask, but I didn't because I didn't want to offend somebody. And I think that's my go-to. I need to change that. And I'm saying this for you too. If you're the kind of person who you kind of keep getting in these situations where you're getting screwed, but it's also partly your fault because you didn't do these things. You didn't ask the questions. You trusted them at their word. You assumed, you made assumptions that things were gonna happen a certain way or that people were gonna operate the way you would operate. And it's just not a healthy thing to do. We've got to start being much more comfortable and not feel like it's they're gonna take it personal if we do ask all these questions. I think that's the right thing to do. I'm learning to do it a little bit more, but each time I end up in a situation like I did with this realtor, I'm disappointed in myself. Like, 
God, just because I really vibed with this person and I've never even met them and I've just talked to them on the phone for 10 minutes, what makes me think I know their ethics and their values or that they're going to treat me the way I would treat them? It's not smart to make that assumption about people and I need to stop. Maybe I should say we need to stop worrying that we're going to offend somebody when we're asking the right kinds of questions and following through in such a way that it protects our best interests. And this is not about being cheap. And this is not about being a penny pincher. And this is not about micromanaging people. It's about being smart. I'm reading this, I should say, listening to this book right now called Die With Zero. And it was recommended to me by Brooke Castillo, who I recently got to meet for the first time. She's good friends with my friend, April, who you've heard on the show plenty of times. And it's such a good book. So despite what you might think from the topic, Die With Zero, and I'm just going to summarize it generally, it makes such a good point about like living in the here and now and recognizing that so many people are paranoid about their money and they just want to make more and make more and make more and they sock it away and they die with all of this money, whether it's a 100000 or a house or just assets that then get taken over by the state or given to your family members, but oftentimes given to your family members when they're much older, like in their 50s and 60s. And the time that they could probably use some help is when they're much younger. But we have this strange concept about this idea that we have to like, you know, have all of this money for retirement or for the second half of our lives. But most people don't retire anymore. We just keep working because hopefully you found something that brings you purpose and joy. And definitely we fall into that category. And there's this notion that most of us have been told or taught that we've got to save all of our money or invest all of our money and you just keep building this wealth, building this wealth. And then you, what, you leave it to family members again, like once they're in their fifties and sixties and they're like, yeah, thanks. I could have used this when I was in my twenties. Anyways, it's not about like giving all of your money away, but it does talk about how to like really look at how old you are and how long you're going to live and how much money you already have right now. And I'm really generalizing this and I'm, I'm not doing a very good job of summarizing, but it, it really makes me think so differently about like these people who have these crazy goals of like, I want to make a hundred million dollars. Why? You won't be able to spend all that. The amount of things that you're going to sacrifice doing, the amount of living that you're going to sacrifice trying to reach that goal for what? And the book is, again, I'm not doing a great job of summarizing it. And I'm, I'm also not done with it. I think I'm like three quarters of the way into it. But he does talk about like, okay, so how do you balance these things? Is there a formula so that I don't get caught in my older years without enough money. So it's a whole formula. And again, I'm really generalizing, but it is forcing me to think very differently about where I spend my energy and how I spend our money. Some of the stupid things that I do that I'm like, what am I doing gluing this handle back onto this coffee mug? (laughs) What am I doing getting in my car, driving to go buy super glue, to repair this $6 mug, what am I actually doing? Like, this makes no sense. Like, I think we all have these, like, kind of like depression era, strange things that we think we need to do or we're being wasteful. But really what we're wasting is our life and we're wasting energy by trying to, like, save things or, I don't know, not be wasteful to throw something away and buy another one. But yet I won't ask somebody the right questions to make sure I don't get screwed out of $10,000 or that I don't get charged 17 times more than what I should for something. So I've got to find this balance and I'm going to because I don't like the feeling 
that I've dropped the ball. And because of that, someone has taken advantage. And now I have to engage in either a major confrontation or just roll over and say, okay, take my money because I was an idiot. I don't know if you relate to that, but that's where I'm at. And some of the things I'm going to do moving forward, and I'm saying this so that I have personal accountability, is I'm not just going to trust people because I want to be agreeable, I want to be likable, and I want to be easy to work with. I don't need to be those things anymore. I want to be someone who is always going to ask, can I get that in writing? And if there's any additional charges, et cetera, I need that in writing and approved before you do the work on anything, whether it's my hair, my nails, a dress, a house, working on my behalf as a consultant, any of those things, because that's what smart adults do. It's something that I need to make sure that my children do, because I don't think I taught them this. And it's huge. And it does boil down to sometimes people pleasing, but that's what a smart adult does. A smart adult says, let's agree to all services before services are rendered and let's get that in writing and let's get some kind of a guarantee. And then, you know, all the other things like looking at reviews, making sure that people are credentialed, getting other people's opinions, et cetera. But even with all those things in place and you've had a great experience with somebody in the past, I just don't think it's a good idea to let your guard down and just say, yeah, you know, you've always been fair in the past. Don't worry about it. No, it's got to be in writing. That's the takeaway. All right. So I'm going to give you my tips for how to find a great place on Airbnb or VRBO. I'm not an expert, but this is just from my own personal experience. I want to share this with you. But before I do, I also wanted to mention that, again, at the top of the show notes, if you would like to subscribe to my email that comes out every Friday, this Friday, what I'm going to share for you is the best Amazon hair extensions, 100%. I mean, all real human hair, hair extensions, super duper affordable. I have bought a ton of hair on Amazon, believe it or not. The toughest thing is picking out your color, but I'm going to put all the information in this week's newsletter. So if that's something you've been wondering about, like clip-in hair extensions or like a ponytail hair extension, et cetera, it's just fun to change up your look without damaging your hair, without having to spend thousands or hundreds, at least hundreds of dollars on hair extensions, which can be very, very damaging. I've got some great clip-ins and those will be in Friday's newsletter. Okay, so here are my tips for not getting a lemon or getting yourself into the wrong place on Airbnb. So first of all, always check the reviews. Read very carefully the reviews of past guests because somebody might give them a five-star, but in the review, they've said something like, oh, the place wasn't that clean or they gave them a five-star, but something that they put in the review, you might be like, oh, that's the wrong place for us. We definitely don't want it. And if a place doesn't have reviews, that is a red flag, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should discount it. It's definitely one that you need to be very careful because they don't have any history. So I would look to see if they have reviews on any other properties, or maybe they're new to Airbnb, but they have a ton of reviews on VRBO. And there are other things you could do to double check if, in fact, this is someone you could rent from. Like, let's say it's just like the perfect place. Like, I found one that I really wanted to stay at in on Airbnb when we go to France this summer, and the place was just absolutely perfect, but it had no reviews. So I sent an email or communication on the app to the host. And he was like super helpful, gave me all kinds of information, et cetera. And I said, great, can I send somebody over to review the property and meet with you? Now, I didn't have anybody lined up to do that, but he was like, no, if that is your style, then we are not interested. I'm like, yeah, 
Okay, thank you, scam artist. So that's a little tip. If it's somebody who doesn't have any reviews and you're just like, I don't know, I've got a good feeling about this. See if you can't send somebody locally or just ask if you can, because the way that they respond might tell you a lot. And even still, there's more work to be done if that person has no reviews. The number two thing you should definitely look for is somebody who's a verified host. Now, this doesn't mean you're not going to get screwed, but it does mean that at least their credentials have checked out. Airbnb or VRBO has done their due diligence and they are who they say they are. Number three is definitely over communicate with your host prior. Don't just book and then ask, oh, by the way, do you allow pets or, oh, by the way, is there covered parking? Oh, can you tell me if, no, ask millions of questions before you book because a couple of things. Number one, you're going to get all your answers. Number two, you're going to see how they communicate. Number three, they are going to see that you're not a rollover kind of person and you won't have any surprises when you show up to the property, but it's a great way to evaluate their responsiveness and their communication style too. Then the next tip, this tip number four is go on the map and check the location. Okay. You want to make sure that the property is in a safe place. It's in a convenient place. Even though it might look like this beautiful property and you're just like, oh my God, how do we ever find something at this rate? Well, it might be that it's like the only nice house in the worst part of town. You know what I'm saying? So be very specific, look on the map and whenever you can, send somebody to drive past it so they get a sense. I mean, a lot of times when you're going to do an Airbnb, you're going someplace where you probably have friends or family members and they would be willing to do that. Another thing that you can do is, and I know this seems like an extra step, but if you're going to spend thousands of dollars, let's say for a property that you're going to be at for a week with your family, go on TaskRabbit and hire somebody to just drive by the place, check it out, see if the lawn's been maintained or even pay somebody. Not all Airbnb hosts will allow you to do this, but some will allow you to have somebody come through the house and just do a quick video to make sure the property is as it's photographed, right? Now, most of the time your reviews are going to make that pretty obvious to you. That's another reason why you want to read the reviews, even if they're all five stars, because one of the places we were looking at, it was almost all five-star reviews. But as I read through many of the reviews, many of them said, It wasn't exactly as it's pictured. The furniture, although everything that's in the photos is there, but it's all very dated and kind of dirty. And I was like, uh, no. So that's important. And if you can, like I said, send somebody through who will do a quick videotape for you. Just tell them, oh, friends in the neighborhood, can they swing by? Some will let you do that. Some won't. Okay. Number five is to always check the amenities of things that are important to you. So this is a big one for me. I need a full length mirror. How does anyone get ready? Who are these people that live without a full-length mirror? You just walk out blindly, not knowing if you look like an idiot or if that's the most unflattering outfit you've ever put on. That's got to be a male host. No female host is going to have an Airbnb or VRBO without a full-length mirror. What are you thinking? So it's got to have a full-length mirror. That's got to have super strong Wi-Fi. That's important to me. It's got to have air conditioning. Like make a list of the things you're like, oh, that would suck if it didn't have this. For me, it also has to have updated decor. And that might sound picky or bougie or whatever, but like it's energy. And I can afford to make certain that the environment that I'm in gives me the energy that I need it to give. And so I want to know about the furnishings. I made this mistake when we stayed at a place in New York this winter. Was it with this winter? Yeah, this fall. Because from the pictures, I could tell I did not like the decor. It was like super modern 
And I was like, okay, I could take some of the art down because it was like creepy, weird art. But there was a photo of the living room and it had like this tiny, teeny little couch. And I just didn't think it through like and imagine, okay, what's it going to be like to live there for a month with this teeny, tiny little couch and four people with this couch that sits like two. And it looks like it was in my husband's all dude college apartment hand-me-down. You know what I'm saying? So had I asked the host about that in advance, I bet you a million bucks because they were super accommodating. They were amazing. But had I asked in advance, I bet they would have replaced the couch. But because I didn't, when we got there, we were there for a month, I ended up buying a couch. Again, I didn't even ask them to because I wanted to be the best guest they'd ever had. I wanted to be liked. Uh Uh-uh. Shame playing that game no more. You heard it here first. Okay. Number six is really understand their cancellation policy. Things happen. Sometimes mistakes are made. An example, recently when we were staying in Park City, I booked the dates of the place that we wanted to stay with Brock and Taylor and their dogs, right? So I had to find a location that was dog friendly. And once I did that, I booked it. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I was off by one day. I need to add a day onto this listing. So I reached out to the host and said, you know, can I add one more day onto the listing? And they said, no, I'm sorry. It is booked for that day. And this is like within minutes of booking it. And I wasn't going to like, we weren't going to move into that place and stay there for three days and then move out and move into another place for one day. I mean, that's a real pain in the butt. Once he said, no, you can't have it for that extra day. I'm sorry, we're booked. We'd love to accommodate you in the future. Any flexibility? I said, no, there's no flexibility. So unfortunately, I will need to cancel. And they took a huge percentage of the cancellation. And that's because I hadn't read their cancellation policy before booking with that particular house. And I should have. Again, that was my error, but you want to look at those things. Maybe there's something that could happen in your family or an emergency, et cetera. And you just, you want to know how the host handles their cancellations. Number seven is read the fine print, read the listings description thoroughly. I mean, if you don't read that description, it might say three bedroom home. And then when you read the description in the fine print, it says, but only one bedroom can be used or all the bedrooms share one shower. Like just read the description as thoroughly as possible. And number eight is if the host won't allow you to have someone go through the house, I now ask the host for a recent video tour or can they give me a FaceTime video tour? Because a lot of these places, 90% of them are using a wide angle lens, like a fish lens that makes the place look freaking huge and amazing and They Photoshop some things, I'm just saying. And if you do a real-time FaceTime video, you're getting what you get. And that'll help you to avoid being surprised or making a big mistake with your hard-earned money and enjoying what should be an incredible vacation or a great experience for you and or your family and turning into something where you really regret that you didn't follow through on some of these things. And that's what I intend to do. Like I recorded this today as my own accountability. Like I have to get better at this because I don't like the way it feels when this happens. I hate it. And I also have to own my part in it. And it's happened too often recently. So I have to fix this. I'd love to know if it's something you can relate to. Is this something you do regularly? And will these tips help you? I'd love to know. You don't realize how much... (laughs) I live for your commentary after I record one of these episodes. By the way, I gave away five push journals last week 
to those of you who did a screenshot of the show and you wrote on the screenshot what it was you loved about the episode and then you shared it on Instagram. And I'm selecting just five people randomly each week and then you'll get a little email message or a direct message from me that says, hey, guess what? I'm sending you a push journal. It's just my way of saying thank you. And it's also my way of soliciting feedback for the show because in full transparency, while it is good therapy to just record, that's why I always tell you guys, like when you're going through something, when you're trying to process something, open up the app on your phone and just record a voice note, just like as if it's your own podcast. Maybe you'll, you'll turn it into a podcast. Maybe it'll just be a good way for you to process your thoughts, but it's so much cooler when people comment on them. You know what I mean? And it's okay if you don't agree. I'm all right with that too, as long as you're nice. But it, it really does mean a lot and it's way more fulfilling when I hear from one of you, like, that's what I needed. I needed to hear this. And I sent it to somebody. You have just given me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. Like, the, you'll never get the last 50 plus minutes back. So it is an incredible gift that you've given to me. And I take very seriously the obligation to produce a better and better show for you. That's why I've cut down to just two episodes a week now on Wednesdays and Fridays because I want every show to be the show that you are very compelled to send it to somebody to say, you need to listen to this. It was super helpful. I think this would help you too. Or I think you'll find this interesting or I think you'll find this funny. I love it when you say a show is funny. I love it when you tell me I made you laugh because that's my goal. But also to enlighten if possible. Anyways, I hope you'll send this episode to somebody I hope that you'll post it to your Instagram and I, I hope it was useful. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon.